Welcome to The Lowdown, KMXT's new daily show dedicated to giving you the up-to-date information we have available on the COVID-19 outbreak and how it's impacting life on Kodiak Island. The Lowdown will focus on the facts as provided to us by local and state officials. During the show, we give you access to local officials and experts on COVID-19 and community actions related to it. If you have questions for our guests, please email them to lowdown at kmxt.org or call KMXT at 486-3181. You can find a list of upcoming guests on our Facebook page or on our website, kmxt.org. Audio from each day's program will be posted on the website. Good morning. Welcome to the Mental Health Thursday on the Lowdown. Where today, for <laughs> oh, like this is going to be a slog, isn't it? <laughs> for for the first time, we're veering off from the professional counseling fo- focus we've had in the weeks past. Those folks will be back in uh, next Thursday um, into more of a how can we keep sane Thursday? That's what the theme is today. What we can do for fun, what resources people are using to learn, to keep connected, what kind of cool activities are going on in town that people are involved in that would be fun to get involved with to help us all pass the time, what's available for our kids to do. Those are just a few of the things we'd like to uh, talk about on Thursdays on the Sanity Thursday, as we call it. If you have suggestions for people or groups you'd like to hear in weeks to come, shoot us a message or give us a call. What we'd really like to do to start off is we'd like to start a list that we could post that would be a nice little one-stop go-to place for you to check out what other people in town are doing to keep themselves occupied. What do you do for fun? What resources have you found that are worth sharing with other people in the community? Um, what's going on that people can participate in somehow that'll keep us all together? And, like, what kind of nice things have people done for other people or people done for you that you think are worth telling people about? That's kind of what kind of show we'd like to have today. Um, How do you keep yourself sane? Post your thoughts at Lowdown at KMXT, and we'll try and read them during the course of the show here. Um, that said, we we have guests in the studio today, who are and some on on video conference that are going to talk about those kind of things, um, and uh, we'll we'll kind of there are guinea pigs, and according to Lindsay, we are here to solve the problems of the world today. We are, and uh, I, I had no idea that. I'm I'm actually kind of touched and honored that you invite me. I didn't know we were talking about mental health. <laughs> that has to be a first for me. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a broad topic. It know? is broad. It is a broad topic. It is if you I included thought, well, me. <laughs> who is mental health? Well, you know, I mean, there's things going on at the library. There's so many things going on in town. And you're starting to post all these videos up there so people can get involved and get active. So I thought, you know, let's just talk about our community and what we're doing. So. Let's do a little introductions first, and start with you, library folks. Lori, uh, Lori Madsen is on the is is calling us from paradise. Apparently, hello there, Mike. Good. <laughs> yeah, you're Lori Madsen. You're the uh, you're the head honcho at the library. I'm, I'm the director of the Kodiak Public Library, who's working from home occasionally and working in the office occasionally, working over forty hours a week because. Our library services have gone so digital that requires a lot of 
uh, backend work, but we're having a we're having a learning experience every day at the library. Okay, what do you do for fun? Well, I was just thinking about what do I do for fun. I, I still love to sew. I do that quite a bit. I've been meeting. I met my friends for lunch. We drove to Oscar's dock and parked our cars in proximity so we could talk to each other from window to window. That was one thing. Also, my son Charlie has started a, a, a trivia contest with 14 different people from across the country. We meet on Zoom once a week and we answer trivia questions and they are playing for prizes. And of course, you know, my son Charlie, Second City kind of graduate, all his friends are equally as funny. That's been a real a real mental health boost for me on Tuesday afternoon. Well, who's got the answers? I mean, doesn't that person Charlie, win every week? No, Charlie's got the questions and the answers. Right. And it it is funny. And uh they're well, playing for make Charlie money. hard to beat. <laughs> yeah, well he's not playing. Oh. Just he's <laughs> <laughs> got you. <ya. laughs> That's fun. He's the Alex Trebek. But that's been really fun. Uh, I've learned a lot, actually. A lot of stuff I didn't know <clears throat> that he comes up with. Uh, anyway, um, I've also been uh, working on um, doing home projects, of course, when I can. And um, having book clubs virtually, doing a lot of Zoom book clubs and talking to people about reading on Zoom. We have a Zoom room book club at the library as well. That had its first meeting a couple of weeks ago. I hope to have another one on May 15th, but that's not necessarily for, that is for fun, but just keeping a good outlook and trying not to read depressing articles. I've been reading a lot of humor. Hmm. Jessica? I read all the depressing articles, personally. <laughs> <laughs> but then okay. I go for walks and runs. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, there's all kinds that can be allowed into the mental health edition of the lowdown. So here you are. Um, what, introduce yourself. What do you What do you do? What do you do at the library? What do you do for fun? Um, so I am the specialist for the access services specialist at the library. Um, that I must do a be lot. fairly challenging now, huh? It, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I you know I'm in charge of circulation and interlibrary loan and uh, I don't know records keeping and some other fun stuff. Um, and trying to learn new ways to do that um, for fun. I guess I run and walk and bake are my, my fun time activities. So the weather's been really good for that these days. Uh, what else do I do at the library, Lori? Oh, she does reports like nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like, to, I like to run reports. She could find something that happened 20 years ago. I mean, it's amazing. She, I'm glad she doesn't work for the police department, but she could. <laughs> yeah, I like sleuthing things out. I like finding things. Cool. Lost items. That's, that's, that's the best fun. Like, oh, you actually wrote off a bunch of fines for me. <laughs> Many times, as I recall. <laughs> did I? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, well. Or Lori did. Right, right now, we don't want people to worry about fines. That's the least of the things that people should worry about. So we've been uh, making sure everything's renewed and that there aren't any fines right now. So is it challenging, like, working uh, with a limited amount of people? I mean, is, is it easier with your boss over on Woody Island? You know, we, like, our, our team was really good at, like, when we were together, like, playing ideas off of each other and, like, collaborating. So it's it's hard to do that remotely. We're learning how to do that remotely. I was just pretending she was on Woody Island. 
Well, you know, actually, the I thing no- that I found is that I'm in touch with Jessica t- sometimes up until 10 o'clock at night. I mean, just because we work 8 to 5 on the books, we're, uh, we're working a lot longer than that, bouncing ideas around and, and also reacting to latest changes in technology or, oh, look at this. Now books are due the 15th of June. What do we have to do? I mean, just kind of keeping up with the never-ending changes, and that doesn't stop at 5 o'clock. So I think the one thing that's been hard, and Jessica, maybe you can express this better than I can, is when we are in the building, we I've tried to limit staff to one other person. So people are working with only one other person rather than a robust staff of five or six which makes it a little lonely in the building. Yeah. It makes it lonely, are- and I think we have to remember to not, like, congregate right near each other and just start, like, talking and, like, you know, oh, it's a person and I can talk to them, like, <laughs> just to sit down and, like, chat and, like, you know, like, it, it's, it's hard because, you know, you haven't seen anyone for a week or something. Um, but I think we've been pretty good with, like, the, the Zoom meetings keeping staff... Um, bouncing ideas together but it's it's still it's different it's different i have seen like in throughout all kinds of businesses in town people's work day has changed a lot and they seem to be spending more time actually at work now than they used to yeah yeah annie you told us a great story before we started you've been at the library for what years now <laughs> I started just a few weeks before this pandemic. <laughs> Timing um, is everything. Isn't it? Yeah, just as I was learning and I um got into a rhythm and I had several programs going, um we got shut down and I had to switch gears. Um I'm the youth librarian. So I have a pretty creative job. I hate running reports. So I'm so happy that Jessica has that. <laughs> I like creating programs. And, um, you know, I had a little art group that would meet after school or science after school. And I did story times and crafts and stuff like that. So uh, my job changed a lot in that I'm not getting to meet all these people anymore, um, which is sad. But because I'm new, I have so much to learn. And I've been taking really awesome classes online um, for teen programs and uh, different story times. And I've got a bilingual story time that I'm going to be doing as well, or that I was doing. Um, So I'm taking classes on that as well. And uh, yeah, this this is all new, but I'm just rolling with it. And because um, I had several programs planned out for the summer uh, and we don't know now what the timeline is for the building to open up again and events, events will probably be a little time after the building opens up. So what we're doing is um, planning programs to be outdoors as much as possible and also thinking about how we can video um, these projects and then bring them to people online. So that's what we're doing. Hmm. So talk personal though. What, what do you, what kind of things are you doing to keep yourself occupied and what kind of fun things have you, you found? Well, one of my great girlfriends, Marion came over the other day and helped me clean out my hoop house. And uh, so we started planting a bunch of seedlings and I planted a bunch of seeds 
and my plum trees are just in full blossom. So there were like 20 bumblebees in the hoop house. (laughs) And it felt so great to just sit in the warmth and dig in the dirt. You know, it's such a gear change from being on the computer. Um, You know, take some time to dig in the dirt. My gosh. And really notice the, you know, notice the flowers and notice the insects and um, just get up close to to that. But I've been doing lots of things outside whenever I can. So um, I had a huge bonfire last night and uh, barbecue and just a couple of friends came over and we're all, you know, six or 10 feet apart. And the neighbors are leaning over the fence and it felt great. It felt like this is what we're supposed to do. Slow down and talk to your neighbor and uh, just keep it simple. That's pretty interesting. You know, it does seem like uh, this is a a unique opportunity for us to become together more as a community because now when you have those opportunities, it really makes you appreciate your neighbors. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. I haven't, uh, they've always been good neighbors and they, they always come over the fence. We have ladders set up actually. Um, on either side of the fence so they can climb over and join the bonfire whenever they want. But, um, yeah, they just had, you know, their drink on their side of the fence and and hung out and talked to us from a distance. And when I was driving uh, last night, I actually noticed a couple of different churches um, had like had groups in the parking lots and, uh, you know, people were wearing masks and the chairs were really spread out and uh, there was music and it was two, two different churches that I passed. And it was just nice to see community because uh, we've felt so distanced from that. And it was nice that they were sharing sunshine and music and um, uh, friendship. Yeah. Hmm. Well, now I have to go to the serious part of the show. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Knight. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Let me shift, oh, yeah, let let me me shift, shift the serious. Shift your serious part. <laughs> yeah. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm good. So you're probably going to think this is weird, but that's not unusual for you to think something I do is weird. But I actually still get up at 2 a.m. to go train. So my gym closed March 18th. And uh, 2 a.m. Yeah. And uh, I went in on March 19th, like about 10 o'clock in the morning to do shoulders. And it was hard. I mean, I had a good workout, but it was way harder than my usual, you know, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. So I just stayed on schedule. I might as well stay used to it, too. Uh, Mike was asking me when the gym's going to open, and my answer was, uh, oh, December. But it's probably going to come a little bit sooner than that. But anyway... I'm working out a lot because I live right behind the gym, and uh, then I uh, take a nap. Uh, I go back in the afternoon and do another, another workout, so I'm actually getting in pretty good shape. And uh, but the exciting thing I'm doing though is uh, I've been, I made a series of videotapes. So I wear a lot of hats in the community. But I teach at Kodiak College, and I teach a weight training class. So I'm working with my colleague uh, Heather, who's an uh, associate pr- professor at the college, but she's kind of into IT and uh, she's also enrolled in my class. So we made five workout tapes, you know, conventional workout. There's three circuit tapes. There's two stretching tapes. 
and there's a hunker down nutrition tape. You know, how do I eat during all this pandemic and you hunker don't, down? Right? You just don't. No, actually, you do. The biggest mistake you can make is not to eat because it wrecks your metabolism. So, no, you need to stay eating on schedule, just not as much. But so we've been doing that, and so they're on Friends of Kodiak. They're on the Kodiak Athletic Club pages. They're on uh, my page. And they're also on YouTube, and they're actually not doing too bad on YouTube, which shocked the heck out of me, i got to tell you. So but, you're going to be rich? Uh, no. <laughs> I, you know, I have all these jobs, you know, Rotary and Church and uh, Chamber, and they all pay the same. Not much. <laughs> <laughs> so and I've been really busy. Uh, you know, so the tapes, you know, I encourage people to do it. Uh, a lot of, like the circuit ones are like 10 exercises, and they're all with like soup cans and chairs and stuff you have at home, a vacuum cleaner. And uh, they're all geared for somebody that's never even been in a gym before. Or if you have been in a gym and you just have no equipment, you can still make it work. And I have families doing I'm getting a lot of really good feedback from people doing these uh, workout videotapes. And, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. You know, and Heather and I have been working pretty hard on it, and she's done an excellent job. But she keeps getting better at edit- editing them and making me look even better. So, which is which is a good thing. So they're using your body still, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in all the tapes. I mean, I actually go through these workouts. So, and it's been a lot of fun. And there's a lot of home workout stuff out there, but most of it's too hard for regular people. You know, her Heather's mom and dad, Bill and Ann, are in my class, and I don't know. They must be getting close to eighty if they're not. And oh, they're I, I want stuff. Yeah. I want stuff that they can do. So all the stuff is stuff that they can do. You so know. you're just concentrating pretty much on what you do normally. I mean, sort of, yeah, but it's kind of a different venue. I mean, I never would have done that if it wasn't for this, you know, pandemic. There's a lot of stuff that we're doing differently. Like Rotary's different now. I've been attending a lot of uh, zone meet. I mean, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Zoom meetings, Zoom meetings. And, and one club that I, I've been attending pretty regular is we, we have in Alaska. It's called the E Club, and that's that's how they that's how they do it every week. It's every uh, second Saturday. You know, the second what do you mean? The they did it before the pandemic? They've never. The only time they meet in person is at district conference, and I've attended the last three physical meetings the last three years and got to know these guys. So I sit in on their Saturday meeting. In fact, actually, I got invited to be on their membership committee. And uh, like one of the past presidents, Sharon, lives in Michigan. They have a member in Sweden. They have a member in Texas. But uh, it's a cool. In fact, we have a social tonight. We're actually going to all have wine together at 6 o'clock. What do you mean? On Zoom. On Zoom. <laughs> yeah. So, but what they're doing is what all the Rotary Clubs and all the service clubs need to learn how to do. So I'm trying to actually learn from them. Well, don't you miss the social component of it? I know. Though? You know, I know that. You're used to being in this little room with a microphone and nobody here. But I'm used to being around lots of people. And I had one Thursday where I only saw one human being all day. <laughs> and it was kind of weird. <laughs> I know you're used to that, Mike. No, I'm not used to this at all. <laughs> no, I this know. This is like don't live. Yeah, world. I'm used to being just like in the, amongst the crowd. So, right. so this is really different. But, but I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm actually okay with that. I kind of live by myself, and I'm I don't really go visit people, or people don't visit me. I just see them in all the activities that I do, and you know that's usually fine for me. So, but you're involved in a lot of things all, all the time. So you're one of those people that everybody scratches their head and goes, how can you possibly be involved in seven different things in the community and have time for sleep? But apparently you well, don't. Well, I don't sleep a lot, but I'm, I have my pro card. Uh, as I'm a pro napper. I have a professional napper status card. Really? I'm really good at naps. I love my naps. Is it on the back of the cardboard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> So, like, for example, uh, we normally have our chamber cleanup week on Saturday, the first Saturday. And, you know, Sarah's our executive director, and I'm a past president. And, uh, 
you know, we had a Zoom meeting, and there's just too many moving parts to put together, like like the uh, hazardous waste people come down from Anchorage, and, you know, the swampers and the landfill. You know, there's a lot of pieces that go. The lions cooking the hot dogs. And, yeah. And so we just decided to not do it this year, but I'm organizing my Rotary Club to at least go clean up near island like we normally would do on that day anyway. So, so we'll be cleaning up, you know, and doing stuff. So I'm trying to get, you know, people motivated to do stuff like that. And I, I noticed that I think the community is really doing a lot of things. I, I see people picking up trash just yesterday when, when I went home. So, um, and there's plenty out there. <laughs> there is plenty out there. Yeah, there is. So, so we're not doing a community cleanup. And churches are interesting. No, we're not doing a community clean, cleanup. We're not. Uh, we may do it later in the year when all this loosens up and we see the need. But at this point in time, it's just too many moving parts. Well, to put I saw together. a post the other day from the Coast Guard's Coast Guard wives. Or there was oh a Coast yeah, Guard wasn't that project. great? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Groups like that are still doing it anyway. We're going to do it anyway. But just to have a mass organized thing like we normally do, we're not going to do. Uh, churches are interesting too. And you, you got you mentioned the church uh, drive and. Uh, they're all doing that, and I think all the churches have got a lot closer together. I'm pretty much friends with most of the ministers in town, and uh, and you know, our church. I'm with uh, Oceans United, and so we've been doing the the uh, Facebook broadcast from the beginning. So it's not new to us. We, we have about three thousand people around the world that watch us every Sunday. So it's not new to us at all. The Kodiak Church, three thousand people watch a Kodiak yes, Church. Yes, Oceans United. Really, and. Uh, and it's so much fun, and all the other churches kind of learn how to do that. And uh, and I'm pretty good friends. You so, know. do you see all their little pictures like this? No, it's on Facebook. It's not on Zoom. Ah, so, but yeah, we can see who's watching. I mean, we, they're on there, but not their not their faces. So, in fact, actually, I'm on the aerospace board too, and we had a Microsoft meeting on Wednesday, and that was new for me, but pretty similar to Zoom. I guess you just have to pick your format. Okay, so you you keep your, yourself busy with all these activities. What do you do for fun? Lift weights. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was something wrong with you. <laughs> it's so, so euphoric. I mean, it, it, I, and I swear it's the cure all. <laughs> I don't know. I think cold water swimming is actually a better idea. Oh man, I remember seeing a video of your husband doing that. At, uh, Y'all are welcome to join him. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, if you have one more member, it would add fifty percent to your to his club. <laughs> Uh, uh, I saw the video of him out there on on, on New Year's Day, and he's just out there like it's like seventy degrees. Uh, it was the, it was so cold on New Year's Day that I didn't even want to stand outside to watch these guys. That that was miserable. That was a terrible he's out way there to start the year. Jessica's husband, for those who don't know, is a a Scotsman and believes that the ocean is a place that he should dive into, <laughs> even when it's <laughs> zero degrees swimming. <laughs> Uh, it's beautiful and clean, <laughs> and it's wholly unoccupied. You can probably like and socially. It looks do, good on video. It does. <laughs> it surely does. There's, there's surely a lot of shiver factor in that. All right, let's let's dive into the library. You know, how does the world of the library change in a pandemic? You know. Well. The offerings that we have haven't changed all that much. What's mostly changed is we don't have any events in-house. But we're doing uh, projects. Like right now, there's a bingo game going on for people to uh, try and accomplish different things having to do with reading and learning and exploring. And when people send us photos of their completed bingo game, we'll enter them in to win prizes. Really? Uh, uh Uh-huh. 
It's called We Are In This Together. It's on the homepage of the library as well as we've got, um, we're putting, stuffing the lunch bags, 1,800 lunch bags of the school district. They're going to go home with for the kids to get involved. What do you mean? You're stuffing the lunch bag? Oh, you're stuffing the lunch bags with, with bingo. The bingo. Yeah. I got you. I thought you were actually putting oh, the food in too. the bag. <laughs> I'm thinking, no, no. There's yeah. But anyway, we're trying to get the word out because it's a one way to explore different things maybe people hadn't thought of. It includes things like doing jigsaw puzzles and playing cribbage, but also trying out Storyline, uh, which is a wonderful – have you seen that? Storyline.org. It's every day there's a different uh, well-known actor like Wanda Sykes or Chris O'Dowd reading children's stories. Absolutely hilarious. And so there's daily things like that going on uh, that we're advertising. And, of course, we did outreach before. We did have online resources before. We just didn't perhaps push them as much. Uh, We've added Canopy, which is a movie streaming service. People can watch 15 movies a month with their library card for no charge to them. And kids have unlimited access to it. For all, there's all kinds of science programming and things like that. So we're just trying to get the word out of what we have, so people will make take advantage of it. Uh, the other part of the, we, we're, like I say, we're still doing curbside service. People are calling in and requesting books or online requesting things, videos, books, music, John Prine, whatever they might need. We've got it. Well, there, there, ever since the library opened, you know, there's been a huge focus on it being a community hub and making uh, the amount of events that you people put out is, is tremendous. You know, it seems like every day there was something going on at the library. Um, we try. <laughs> it, but, so when when things start to, you know, become serious around here and we start talking about, well, we may have to shut the community down, how does the library respond to that so that you can still make resources available to people um, and keep everybody safe? We re- we've responded by increasing advertising, by getting the word out, by doing videos, uh, starting a Facebook page, which we never had before, um, trying to get it out there, I guess, talking on the radio like right now to let people know. Although as a community space, we can't open it in that way. We hope As the summer moves, we'll be having some outdoor activities and eventually looking towards opening the library when it's safe to do so. But we don't want people to forget. In fact, we had in the month uh, since this shutdown, which was like St. Patrick's Day, we had 190 different uh, deliveries to people outside, 190 requests for materials. And Jessica, how many did we? It was over 500. It was Oh, it came out to like three three items a person. It was like 580 or 590, I think, checkouts of items. Um, I don't have the number right in front of me, but it was. And we didn't, we haven't done the comparison yet to say how does that compare with a normal week in the library when we're open 10 hours a day. But it's surely something to think that 190 people took advantage of the program in a month, the service. Yeah, there's definitely been a good response to the curbside checkout Um People are very happy that they're we're still able to get the materials um, for the week that we stopped doing it. I think people understood that we had to stop, but they were they were kind of sad that they couldn't couldn't get the the physical items. So you, you must have seen you must see a lot more traffic to the website then. Yes, but, and to Facebook. But are you and you have two people in the library all the time? Is that right? There's two people mm-hmm. that are providing telephone service to people? Um, 
there's usually during the day two people. Sometimes there's there's one person. I was there for the afternoon yesterday as the the only person. Um, but yeah, we'll do you know reference interviews over the phone. We'll help people with the digital items. We'll grab books for them and then schedule times for them to pick them up. Um, I think yesterday I got to grab a book, scan a couple of pages, and email them to someone just so they could get the information they needed. So we're still, you know, we have ways of getting information and items to people. Um, we've just had to change how we do it. And there, even though we do have all these online resources, there are a number of people in our community who do not have used the internet or access resources. And so we've tried to make sure we have contacted those we know, say, would you like a certain book or, you know, make personal contacts with them because they aren't going to, they can barely check their, some of them don't use email. I mean, it's, there's some people in our community who are still paper, pencil bound. And also we've, I've been delivering newspapers to the shelter, taking books up to the shelter so that our patrons who are there can take advantage of still having something to read. I mean, we have a truck of uh, books that people can just take. There's a truck of uh, free books parked out front of the library during the day. And another um, thing we have is Wi-Fi in the parking lot. I saw that yesterday. So, that was a nice little feature. Yeah. So, so if you need some Wi-Fi, come, come to the library, download your items while you're in the parking lot. and then. Do you need a password? Nope. It's an open network. So I, I've... For the last few days, at least, I've seen five or six cars at a time sitting out in the parking lot. That must come in handy for, I'm not sure what the, the challenges of the school district are with delivering um, information to kids. You know, I know they were talking with GCI, but um, have you seen an increase in kids using service? Um, we don't really monitor who's using the Wi-Fi yeah. as far as a child or an adult. Of course, we do have the child, it's called SEPA Act, Childhood Internet Protection Act, which will not allow downloading of inappropriate materials. So, you know, people aren't out there watching yeah. movies, but uh, <laughs> we do, we hope. Anyway, um I, I imagine that the, because, you know, all the students for most part, most of the students in the school district have their little iPad and they have access to the district's uh, resources. And so I imagine we're getting more traffic from their parents and other people in the community than the kids. So how does uh, how does delivering service to kids uh change annie i mean you you're new and then you're you're delivering all kinds of services and you're starting new programs to for for kids to use the library and uh now now it's it's a different world are have you changed the type of uh, programmings that you're you're having available for kids um, I think I've morphed some of the programs, um, and I'm in the process of morphing some of the programs to be more outdoors and then also be something that can be videoed and then delivered on our website or on Facebook or something like that. Um, but what I've been doing recently is I've actually been talking to several teachers and via, via email or phone um, and the teachers, you know, ask me, for instance, to, you know, they're doing a bug unit this week or something. And so could I grab some bug books? And so I'll just go through and, and grab, uh, 
10 or 12 bug books that I can um, check out for the teachers. And I can do that for individuals too. You know, if a parent calls me and said, you know, my daughter's really struggling with emotions. Can you pick out some books on appropriate emotions, uh, expressions or something like that? Um, uh, we had one teacher that needed um, some good re- specific resources for her kids and uh, so we did a big, huge order of audiobooks and ebooks so that um, all of her kids could have the resources that they needed because they didn't have the textbooks from the school. So um, I've been working with teachers, um, less so with parents, but I'm open, I'm happy to work with parents. I've been fielding some phone calls from people that, um, you know, are adverse to doing things online, which I'm actually one of those people. <laughs> you know, I, I'd rather read a book than than read it online. And I'm able to make suggestions to them, like, you know, maybe you would like an audiobook while you're cooking or while you're doing, you know, your home improvement project, you can be listening to the book that you wanted to hear. Um, but for kids specifically, there's actually some things that we have here at the library that they can access through the checkout uh, curbside service right now. So my predecessor um, put together a few fabulous kits. Um, one is on tide pooling, or two of them are on tide pooling, and it comes in a tote, and it's got a bucket, a couple buckets and shovels. It's got, um, I don't have it in front of me right now, but, um, you know, like placards that'll show the sea urchins and all the different things you're going to find in your tide pooling, and some reference books. And I think he did that for tide pooling, for bridge making, which has got little metric weight things in there. Um, another one for uh, for lights. And uh, so a great little science kit that um, has lasers and prisms and books that explain the scientific um, process that's going on. So parents and teachers are welcome to check out these kits. And if you don't know how to do that online, just give us a call and we can check that out and bring it right to the curbside for you. Um yeah, we've and you know, I can put together other little activity kits like that if if anybody needed something like that. Um something really fun that you guys probably don't know about is that the Kodiak Public Library is going we're excited to be hosting two beehives behind the library building this summer. What do you mean? Well, like well, like right here next to me? <laughs> That's right, the buzz. you're putting you. beehives. The buzz. In there? <laughs> <laughs> Specifically for don't you, you have to ask your neighbor's permission for this crap? <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> First, you took our magpies, and now you're going to add bees to the neighborhood. <laughs> you bet. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, oh, honey, so, I miss you. <laughs> our our idea was, uh, and this was an idea that was before the pandemic, but now we're just sort of morphing it into something a little bit safer, even for you. In that, um, Mike's happy to hear that. Uh, uh, uh. We're going to be putting them uh, right behind the building in view of the children's room, so that people, when the building does open up. Um, could view the bees through the big, beautiful windows 
of the children's room. And we would set up something where we could actually converse with the beekeeper outside uh, while a hive check is going on. But with the beekeeping, you know, bringing the beekeeping to a community space, um, it was our hope that it would be a learning adventure for the whole community. And uh, there would be opportunities, educational and volunteer opportunities for all ages. Um, you know, and so I have uh, programs that I'm designing and that I have designed that are for, um, you know, everybody from for grade school kids to teenagers. It can go into the schools. Um, you know, we don't really know what's happening <laughs> so, but, but no matter what, the bees can do their thing outside and we can video it and we can get, we can deliver the information and supplemental books to people. So are you going to do honey? Oh, I hope so. Yes. Yeah. And wow. I actually, um, this project, I used to be a beekeeper, but, um, this project wouldn't have been so smooth and easy without, um, uh, Judy Kidder, who is a beekeeper in town. And I went over yesterday, partly for pleasure and partly for work, um, to go visit her bees. And she did give me a taste of her honey. Yeah, her and it was great. <laughs> incredible. Yeah. It was so incredible. But that's not the only sweetness from raising bees. It's such an amazing experience because you're learning science, you're learning, um, you're really getting in tune with all these things you've never noticed before. Um, and there's a lot of history, there's a lot of art, um, there's a lot of things that can go along with the beekeeping. So um, look forward to lots of youth activities and then hopefully uh, movies and discussions and things like that that we can um, bring to the community. You should put an annex, you know, right here behind the radio station for Mike. Um, I'm just glad you weren't like a scorpion razor or something. You know? Yeah, you got to look at the good side, Mike. No. So this is in outside and facing towards the ocean, right? It's on the other side of the library? These are honeybees, so they're not inclined to uh, because they'll die. So um, if that gives you any comfort. No, I, I like bees. They're my friends. As long as they're your bees, I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, that's so when are we going to start seeing, are you starting to build this now? Um, yes. And actually, uh, the idea was that the community would be involved in building the hives and painting the hives and getting all of the preliminaries done. But the way that it's working out right now, um, I think Judy's going to take care of making a stand and doing the hive. The bees are here, but um, they're rearing more brood, uh, more little worker bees that um, are going to come live here hopefully about June 1st. Oh. Are they, do they have little brands that say they're library bees? Uh, you know, we might make a little logo and uh, somehow stamp them. Sure. I'm <laughs> thinking. Tens of thousands, so that'll take some time. You could sell hats and T-shirts and mugs. That would be awesome. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited. I love the bees. A library bee. Um, Library bee. Well, and yeah. it's all part of our summer reading program, which is you know learning and discovering and exploring, and it complements it very well. 
We are going to have an online way for people to track their reading and their activities this summer, and this all folds into that, which we'll be launching about May 18th for everybody's information. Super cool. So are you seeing a huge increase in requests for services now that things are online? I mean, are you running around trying to accommodate people who have requests like this, or is it sort of slower than normal? Well, it's just different. I, I wouldn't say it's you know, we, we don't have the requests for using our spaces like we used to. That's all different. But uh, as far as our resources, like what people are requesting for, from the online books, people want to read uh, or listen to digital books, we're getting re- more requests for those. We had over 2,000 requests, which we can't fill, but there were a lot of requests and for different materials that are out there. Um, it's just different. And I'm glad to hear people are calling in because we would like – people to call in and if they have reference questions and they're floundering or that can't find the answer we're the specialists and so we should be able to help find the answer for them if if they've got the question we hope to have the answer so talk to me a little bit about participation how how does it work between you and other libraries in the state and you and other libraries in town um well we're a part of the alaska library catalog which is a consortium of 88 libraries that offer we share resources right now we're not sending things back and forth but i'm we're it seems like there's a webinar a week if not two or three that have the various librarians throughout the state are meeting and discussing things and working things through like our how are we going to eventually open what are the considerations for health how do you take care of your staff a lot of self-care making sure people take care of themselves if you need to take a walk take a walk um those kind of things are conversations are going on all the time as far as libraries in town the school libraries are shut tight i think and uh from what i know they have not been able to get in there the library aides and the teachers are not able to get in college library has been closed for a while i think but i don't know about that if it's closed to students or just closed no it's closed yeah no, that's why I was curious about the uh, when Annie was talking about dealing with teachers. Of there, there are school librarians too, so they're. Um, I didn't even think about the fact that they didn't have access to their resources. So no, they've know. been coming to us. We like I worked with Christy on some books for fourth grade teachers teaching the Alaska history, and we beefed up that collection. We've happy to make lists of materials for them on subjects and Ani's been fielding questions from teachers and when we had to we stopped the curbside service for a week thinking that the we were going to see more cases of COVID-19 here and we were concerned about having people come out just to pick up a book you know we, but anyway during that week uh, we had some phone calls from some desperate people you've got to have a, we've got to have the material so we're glad that we're back doing that for our teachers and our students. So have you gotten fun ideas from other librarians about things that we could do at our local library that would kind of uh, get people excited? Where'd the bingo thing come from? Absolutely. That came from Cincinnati Public Library, actually. Um, and then Ani, if if you missed it, Ani read a – she wore a hat yesterday on Facebook. No. Books <laughs> about hats. It's so cute. And <laughs> you've got – and uh, hopefully and I'll do the four-year-olds. I think I did some radio story times also. Yeah. So right. that was great. All right. Well, me. your librarians, 
what should we be reading? Give us a, a list of what what you re, you read recently that you would recommend to people. Tribe, Sebastian. This is interesting. Tribe by Sebastian Younger. It's a story of society and uh, the tribal instinct that we have. And I can't quote the research right now, but very interesting how in times of trouble, people band together for the common good. And I love that we're doing that in many ways in our town. Um, you know, like at the Blitz in, in England. I mean, there's all these examples in history of how people have joined for the common good, for the betterment of their society, despite their class or their uh their situations. And I think that's positive. Another, I just read the most wonderful book called the night watchman by Louise Erdrich. It's her latest novel about the turtle Island turtle mountain Indians in North Dakota. It's a fiction book. Great story. We have it both digitally and in print. That's my recommendation. I like how you had tribe just right there handy to show (laughs) us. She got up at one time. I thought she was going to go go. just like that. For the radio audience, she has it in her mitts. <laughs> Jessica, you got a recommendation? And for of course, people? there's always there's always this guy, Louis Lamar. Louis Lamar. <laughs> Can't go wrong with Louis Lamar. He's Louis pretty popular. Anyway, they're all the same, and they all I end the same. They do happily ever after. <laughs> Ooh, so I haven't read. Um, I've been reading a lot of articles online, so it's pretty embarrassing. I, I'm more of a book pusher than a, a book user these days. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> That's okay. I, I, I check them out of the library. I bring home a lot of cookbooks. Um, I bring home a lot of baking books, and I, I rifle through them, um, try different recipes. Um, and we do have a, an excellent cookbook uh, collection, so if you anyone needs any uh, anything new to try... Um, we can pull some and get those checked out to you. But you got to eat well, right? Of course. You got a book you would, well, you would recommend to people uh, about this situation? No, I kind of I read a lot of fiction, like Lee Child stuff, and uh, uh, I like Stephen King and like that. Huh. Annie, you get the last word because we're going to have to go into Bristol Bay here in a second. Super. Yeah. Well, I've been reading a lot of poetry, which is not usually something I would read, but it's National Poetry Month. And I was looking up some poems and I got really into it. And I have found that from reading all these poems, mostly geared towards kids, but um, but other poems as well, um, I've started to think differently. You know, I'm starting to think more poetically, which is really nice. Um, not that I'm ready to create a bunch of poetry, but uh, it's changed the way that I look at things. So I've been reading poetry um I've got some poetry that's going to be on KMXT later on today um, at 12.30 for your baby. And um, I've been reading some young adult uh, graphic novels. And I haven't read a graphic novel since I was a teenager. But I found some really amazing ones. So I'm hoping to do a book review or something on our Facebook page to uh, get some of the teenagers and... I know that a lot of teenagers aren't on Facebook, but um, hopefully their parents will, um, gear, or, you know, push them towards these different books because they've just been amazing. Well, um, that's it. That's all the time we've got. We're going to have to blast into the next program here. I, I thank you very much for your time. Thanks for your good ideas. Mike. Hey, thanks, Mike. Thank thanks for being the guinea pigs yeah. today. <laughs> thanks for having us. I hope everyone right. feels mentally better. Yeah, we solved a lot of problems in the world, didn't we? (laughs) That's what we said. Have a great day, everybody.